Lele. Welcome to the very first episode of the Another Tangent podcast. My name is NJ and I am delighted to have you here today. Um, so this is weird. I think people underestimate how weird it is to really sit alone in your room and talk to a microphone as if you're talking to a person. Um, <laughs> but I guess it, it becomes much easier the more you get used to it. Um, before we actually start this podcast, I just want to ask, how are you guys doing? Like genuinely, like how is everybody coping all over the world? Like I literally want to know. Please leave a comment um, or go to the Instagram page and go into the DMs so that we can have a chat with one another because, I mean, 2020 has not been holding back any punches, right? Like, we are literally in a global pandemic. Every institution <laughs> seems to be crumbling. Um, things just seem to get be getting progressively worse. Odd. Quite odd. I was having um, a chat with a friend earlier on this year when things were still popping off with the whole coronavirus thing. And we kept on saying, like, oh, my God, like, the numbers keep on increasing. The stakes keep on rising. Um, things just keep on getting scarier and scarier. Uh, like, and it's only May, March. Like, what more could we expect from the other months in the year? Um, and, I, and I remember distinctly sharing this meme with him. It was a meme of um, Cardi B on Instagram live looking off, in, off into the distance away from the camera and like asking what is that in surprise. She was kind of like, oh my god, what is that? And then the title of the meme was like, in May when the aliens finally start to descend. And I thought it was so funny at that time, but lo and behold, um... The Pentagon actually decided to release documents that um, actually aliens do exist and, well, not aliens, UFOs do actually exist and we've just been keeping this from the public at large for whatever reasons we have. But this was the year that they decided to release this information and nobody's really talking about it. And I'm like, am I living in an alternate universe? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Every day I wake up, with like a fraction of a hope that I've been in this weird dream simulation and when I do finally wake up, it'll be life as I used to know it. But no, it, it, it never ends. It never ends. And if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's, it's so weird that the virus itself is not even the worst thing about what's going on. It's like the people human reaction to it, the governments, a lot of countries, the way they are reacting to it, the way that they are politicizing an actual virus. It's just the mind truly boggles. But that being said, I think if you're anything like me, being stuck in quarantine with everything that's going on, not only the virus, but all of the atrocities that keep on going on. I mean, for example, just hearing what's going on in Yemen is enough to like crush an entire human spirit. But if you're anything like me, I'm a very sensitive person and I'm also somewhat empathic, so I tend to pick up a lot of energies around me. So the people in my home are stressed. The world at large is stressed. And I myself am going through some sort of anxiety. Just as a natural reaction to what's going on. And I feel like if I allow myself to dwell on the negative things. It's very easy to land up in this never ending spiral. That just can drag you down into a depression. And 
that is never a good thing. And I think for what it's worth, I have to try to make make some lemonade out of the lemons that has been dealt to me, as cliche as, cliche as that might sound. Um, and so trying to find the silver lining in this pandemic has been really hard, but some do actually exist. Um, for starters, when have we ever had this much free time to spend with our family? And I, and I really feel like I have had such a desire and such a guilt because I haven't been spending enough time with my family, quality time, and it's good to make that distinction clear. I have not been able to spend quality time with my family in a very long time up until now. And I feel like a large part of that plays into the way society is actually built and the rat race that we're all buying to. So whether it's work or studies or uni or anything like that, we just get caught up in all of the real world life stresses and you push things off you take for granted that you can do anything another day, you have time, another weekend. And ultimately, our parents are the ones who get the least of us when they deserve the most of us. We, we give all of our happy, bubbly, good energy, fun time energy to our friends or our romantic partners or other family members. But we very seldomly spare some of that energy for our families. And... You know, that's really an unexpected benefit of this lockdown is that I've been able to spend quality time with them and get to know them again on a different level as opposed to being a child now that I am a young adult. I can interact with them and know them in a different capacity, I'd say. And that's been something that's very beautiful to me. Um, I always go back to this movie I used to watch growing up it was the movie called click an adam sandler movie and there was one particular scene that's like burned into my brain it will never leave me um and it's honestly one of my greatest fears up until today there was this one scene where adam had that the character that adam plays was working in his big fancy office he was like a big shot architect i believe and um, his father comes into the office and I think it's either Father's Day or some sort of celebration or maybe he just wanted to spend time with him. I can't recall clearly, but he dismisses his father in such a rude way and you, you just see the look on his father's face, like the disappointment but also the sadness in his father's face as he leaves the office. And then fast forward, fast forward, I guess, because the whole premise of the movie is that you just, with a click of a button, time just jumps. Um, and when Adam realizes that his father actually passed away, it was honestly like one of the most heartbreaking scenes. And I could feel the, I could feel his guilt like jump out of a TV and like land on me. And um, wow. Wow, I never expected myself to get so emotional. Okay. <laughs> Whew, okay. Goodness. It's it's really good you guys can't see me right now because that would be <laughs> that wouldn't be good at all. Um like this ugly cry face. No no no. Think Kim Kardashian but like <laughs> minus the Botox. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? Um, anyway, I don't want to get too emotional. I promise I'm not like this usually. <sighs> just blame everything on the lockdown, okay? Um, that's just like one of my biggest fears in life that I'll, I'll be going through life too busy pursuing what my dreams and then before I know it. And I see it every day, like, as I'm progressing in life and getting more mature, like, my parents are growing older too, and oh, it's just, it's terrifying. So, once again, 
spending more time with your family has always been an amazing priority to have but I think definitely like now I take it way more seriously um anyway that was the first unforeseen benefit of a global pandemic the second one being um being bored in the house in the house bored actually after a week or two you get bored of it and um so now I, I, I literally have the time to pursue all of my passion projects, um, which is saying a lot because I've been dabbling with the idea of starting a podcast for a very long time now. I even remember about like three years ago mentioning it to my friends when I was still in my undergrad and um you know, we'd always have like these really informative discussions and talks and about like life, romance, um, personal development, childhood traumas, relationships, families, um, finances, politics sometimes. And I really thought like, wow, I wish I had a window into these type of discussions when I was growing up because... It would have helped me so much. And I always wanted to start a podcast. We even spoke about buying the mic, like how we would work out the logistics. But alas, things didn't end up logistically matching and we didn't end up pursuing that. But, well, here I am now, a few years later. It literally took a global pandemic to light the fire up my ass to start this podcast, but here I am, okay? Um, I finally just bit the bullet. I got the equipment that I have with the, like, with the budget limit that I had, and I'm doing it, and I'm just going to ride this wave and see how it goes, but it something I, I just thought I owed to myself and I think a lot of other people also discovering the more artistic and vibrant side of themselves which they usually tend to like ignore or push away normally and um, yeah like it's just so weird I've even taken up baking which I'd never done before um, I could barely bake a cake before lockdown and now I it's kind of like a hobby of mine, a beggar cake or a banana bread. I know, so cliche. But it's really yummy, so I don't care. Um, baking so many different things, carrot cakes. Like, I just I find it really fascinating now, and I do it quite often, and it's actually fun. So that's another silver lining. And... <laughs> A lot of people would probably even say that the third silver lining is a little show. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It goes by the name of Tiger King. Um, it was released on Netflix, I believe, in April, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's just a little janky show about these crazy people in Florida. By the way, my American listeners... Leave a comment down and feel free to correct me. And I'm so sorry because I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm, I'm genuinely not here to offend anyone. But, like, watching Tiger King is just some sort of confirmation to me of every story that I've heard of Florida. Like, what, what are the people in Florida really like? Because you just hear so many stories about Florida and so many like stereotypes and I and I wonder I truly wonder like what is in the water in Florida but anyway um also a part of the story happens in Oklahoma I think Carol's the one who's in Florida but anyway it's just same 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 um so Tiger King happened it was a cultural reset it was a cultural reset. And I mean, that's that's a fact that no one can deny. And after watching Tiger King, I thought, 
Wow, okay. That was a very interesting series. Mind-boggling. Ver- like verging, not, well, not even verging, actually crossing the line of psychotic to me, in my humble opinion. Um, but wildly entertaining, especially when I have nowhere to go and nothing better to do. So, I went back on Netflix and started looking for other docuseries to watch. And I came across this little show called Don't F With Cats. The full title is Don't F With Cats, um, Finding an Internet Killer. And I was like, hmm, interesting, interesting. But I didn't see the Finding an Internet Killer until later. And I hadn't actually watched the trailer of the show. I thought maybe it's just going to be another, you know, tigers, cats. I thought it was going to be something similar to Tiger King. Um, hmm, boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. And my main question is, why was nobody talking about this, this docuseries? Like, with for all the buzz and, and, and attention that Tiger King got, so I present the argument that quarantine indeed has made us all a bit of all a little bit neurotic and I genuinely don't think that if Tiger King had been released in any other time BC being before Corona, um it would have gotten as much attention as it has. So I'm plugging the Tiger King success in part to the fact that we're all stuck at home okay so don't effort cats what is it about a brief synopsis it is a 2019 true crime docuseries about an online manhunt it is directed by mark lewis and was released on netflix on december 18 2019 the series chronicles events following a crowdsourced amateur investigation into a series of animal cruelty acts committed by Canadian, by a Canadian, culminating in a murder. It was one of Netflix's top five most watched documentaries of 2019. Again, like, why was, even researching the show, I saw a few memes, um, I saw a few articles, maybe like a like a handful of youtube videos discussing it reviewing it but honestly not in correlation 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 to the like amount of what streams or watches that it got on netflix supposedly so that is why i wanted to explore this docuseries a little bit and also because it was really one of the most fascinating docuseries I've ever watched. Um, and it was nothing like I thought it would be. You know, it was almost like a palate cleanser. After Tiger King, this was a palate cleanser, which left me feeling worse, if that was at all possible. Anyway, so let's go to the plot, shall we? The opening scene. Okay. The story starts in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we are introduced to Deanna Thompson. She's the main, not the main character, but the main cast, okay? One of the main cast members, who goes by the alias of Bodie Moving on Facebook. Apparently, that's some name of a band or a song, and it's a fake um, profile on Facebook. And Deanna works as actually works as a data analyst for a casino because obviously in Las Vegas and her life is pretty much normal for all intents and purposes except that she in 2010 she just recently broke up with a long-term boyfriend and I think she really needed some sort of a distraction to get over him so she goes on to all of these online internet forums and basically she's a self-proclaimed computer geek slash nerd so she spends most of her time online to escape reality hmm those people listening to this podcast now can you not relate <laughs> anyway then we get fast forwarded to the 21st of december 2010 so this is when 
it starts getting really weird. Okay, a YouTube video titled One Boy, Two Kittens is published. Okay, so for those of you who know, that might ring a bell to you. And for those of you who don't know, what blood sacrifice did you have to make to never come across that video? Because one boy, two kittens is a play on words, I'm assuming, um, from the original video, Two Girls, One Cup. And here's the thing. I wasn't even intentionally seeking out this video as like a 13-year-old high school student. I was in my life orientation class minding my own business while the completely incompetent life orientation teacher was unable to manage the class and everybody was just doing whatever they wanted. And I was minding my business. One of my classmates who was sitting next to me calls my attention. She pulls out her phone, starts playing this video for me under the desk because, you know, that time phones weren't allowed in high schools. I don't know how things are going on now but anyway so I'm looking at the video and I'm just I see a lady holding like a martini type of glass and she's eating what seems to be soft serve chocolate in my unassuming to my unassuming eyes and I innocently ask her the girl showing me the video why is she eating chocolate like that and the girl responds with actually laughing at me and all she said, and all she says is, "That's not chocolate, girl." I know. Shock, horror, my innocent eyes. Unbelievable. So that's why. I, so that's why I ask those people who have no idea what two girls one cup is. Do yourself a do yourself a favor. Don't even Google it. Don't Google it. Don't let curiosity get the best of you. It's better if you don't know. If it's it's kind of like um. If you don't know it by now, don't go and find out. Um, so already the title of the YouTube video, weird, weird, weird. Um, so guess what? This video, this one boy, two kittens video that was uploaded on YouTube to the, on the 21st of December. This video shows a man in a gr green hoodie placing two kittens kittens into a vacuum sealer bag and sucking all the air out eventually suffocating them now look i'm not a particularly squeamish person i watch a lot of horror movies i watch a lot of gory things it doesn't necessarily affect me in that way in which it affects some of my friends but i am however an animal lover especially cats i love them a lot and the fact that this documentary actually goes so far as showing the video or parts of the video it doesn't actually show the gruesome death of the kittens but it shows you enough and it cuts away to the actual very gruesome part but you still hear the sounds playing in the background and then Deanna is narrating what happens next so you you still get like a gruesome detail play by play of what's going on and the very first time I watched this docu-series, I thought they were going to show everything. And I had to close my ears, like with my fingers and close my eyes just to block it out because I did not want the mental image of that living in my mind for the rest of my life. But the second time when I rewatched it with my family, I actually found out that they don't show the full video, which I was happy for because I truly believe that that would have been just going a tad bit too far. But it's still very difficult to watch. So this is my disclaimer to you. If you are a very sensitive person and you find yourself easily triggered by these type of things, I wouldn't recommend that you watch the series. Um, but for everybody else who has a so some sort of average level of tolerance, I think you'll be okay. If you have to just mute those certain parts and close your eyes, Within like a minute or two, it'll pass and you can continue the rest of the series. Okay. So, as you can imagine, traumatizing. The video was traumatizing. I mean, who, who does that? 
to poor defenseless animals and it goes back to the very first opening scene of the actual series where Deanna is explaining she's giving some sort of deposition about how the internet works especially in that time it was the internet in 2020 I think was a different type of animal than the internet now um, but still there was a lot of things being uploaded every day a lot of violent things a lot of weird things but it was almost this unspoken rule like that everybody knew because honestly cat videos ran ran the internet in those times and I, they still do to a large extent i suppose but the one golden rule on the internet that was like an unspoken innate rule was don't f with cats and that was rule zero right everybody referred to it as rule zero and so here you have some random youtube account uploading animal abuse to two innocent defenseless kittens and as you can imagine the internet just went wild and rightfully so so this goes viral on 4chan and users from all over the world join a closed facebook group called fine vacuum kitten killer for justice of which diana is a member as well as john who is now introduced as a second main cast member and who later and who we later come to find out plays a pivotal role in this whole story Okay, so John is the second main character, and he also joined this internet group to find the cat killer. So just keep that in your mind. So now we have Deanna and we have John, and they both are now going to meet each other and interact with each other on the basis that they both saw this horrific video, and they've joined an internet group to find the killer. So the first thing that ends up happening is, is that they go to the actual YouTube account and I believe that YouTube have this has this feature that you can choose to disable if you like but if you don't disable this feature um, other people can see the, the videos that you've watched and that you've liked and on this specific account that uploaded the one boy two kittens video there was only one video that he liked I think one or two if I'm not mistaken but the one that I remember clearly is the trailer for the movie um, Catch Me If You Can, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, which is basically about a criminal evading this de detective for the entire movie and being like really smart and outwitting him at every turn. Um, so <laughs> this account that uploaded this horrific murder of animals and I will call it a murder because it was nothing less than that. Has only one liked video on the entire YouTube history. And that one video is the Catch Me If You Can movie trailer. Right off the bat, my spidey senses are tingling. From the get-go, I'm like, hmm, this seems like a complete attention hole. And I'm just like, what was the reason? Which we're all get going to find out later. So they find that liked video on the YouTube. And then the Facebook group people. They basically go on this manhunt to find out who the killer is. They analyze every single detail of the original video. In the video there was a, a wolf blanket which was very distinct. Um, there were doorknobs that they were looking at to try to decipher which part of the world those doorknobs come from they were looking at plug outlets there was some background music or actually background noise that was dialogue that was playing um, they got some people from like russia to translate it and some people were saying we know this this is actually russian so at first they thought the person was living in russia um but then it actually turned out upon further investigation that the background noise that they were hearing weren't actually actual people speaking. It was a taped recording of a popular Russian TV show. So then they had to rule out the fact that he was actually in Russia because it seems like this person just took the audio and put it as background noise to mislead them purposefully. And then they went to try and look for the distributor of that specific blanket which I 
you know, for some reason, it's a very unique blanket, only has like one distributor worldwide, and that distributor is in North America. So they kind of narrow down the location to somewhere in North America. Um, and needless to say, this is like some expert FBI level super sleuthing going on. Like, honestly, I would go so far as to say that the law enforcement in many countries don't even go this hard to find actual serial killers, if I'm being quite frank. And we all know this is true. Um, shall Anyway, so... Some time passes. We go from December now to the 8th of January, 2011. And the, a member of the Facebook group identifies James... J, a user called Jamesy crams a lot in his ass. L let me say that slower. Jamesy crams a lot in his ass. Um, shall anyway, so... No comment. That's all I'm going to say. So, one of the, the members of the Facebook, actually, Facebook group actually identified this user as being a potential killer who was the one who killed the kittens. And other members of the group, oh, by the way, let me just backtrack a little bit. So remember the original Facebook group that was started to locate and try to find this um, internet kitten killer? As they started to gain more traction, like more and more people would join, obviously. And one of the prominent figures that actually joined was this um, American Animal Rescue Group. I believe they went by the name of um, a Rescue Inc. I forget the actual name of the group members, but it was some rescue group. And it's like these really burly guys um, that would go about and terrorize people, like shout at them and pretend to hurt them or whatever because they were animal abusers. But they're kind of popular in America, I suppose. They 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 operate in Long Island or yeah, either Long Island or New Jersey. Don't quote me on that, but it's one of the two. And they were also now part of the group because this group was gaining a lot of momentum. So they tagged in and when this Jamesy guy was identified as the potential killer, they actually interrogated him and confronted him about it. And the Jamesy account actually ended up confessing to being the kitten killer. <gasps> Shock! I know, he actually confessed. So everybody in the group feels like they found the killer. They found him. This guy confessed to doing it. And not only did he confess to doing it, he bragged about doing it again and, and how he's done it so many more times. And they got a confession, so they got the killer. So... Everybody's now gassed about this. They go and try... Because obviously the Jamesy actual account is like a fake sock puppet account. Like, that's not someone's real name. But they actually go again. Like, members of the group go super hard, like, looking for the real person. Um, and they literally scour the internet to try to find out who the real person behind the profile is. They narrow it down to someone who lives in Namibia. Um, and by the way, this is kind of like a off the topic, but Diana was like, she can't even pronounce Namibia. She's like some small country in Africa. I'm excuse me, ma'am. If you can pronounce Ottawa, if you can pronounce Philadelphia, if you can pronounce Dakota, if you can pronounce... If you can pronounce Tulsa, Arizona, Napa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, like even Las Vegas, guys, sometimes people make things so much more harder than it actually is. Now, maybe it's such a simple word to say, but anyway, maybe that's just my perspective as an African. Like, I, I don't understand how people just don't put in effort to, to try to pronounce simple names even. But anyway, they um, narrow it down to some man who lives in Namibia. When they do, Deanna grows a little hesitant and she's like, hmm, I know everybody thinks it's this Jamesy guy and I know everybody thinks he lives in Namibia and the, that he's the actual killer, the guy who lives in Namibia. 
but everything else that we've seen from the video like the blankets the outlets the sockets everything else kind of points to north america so i believe you guys have the wrong person and maybe you shouldn't pursue him maybe this is just like a radiating and i feel like this isn't the right person right okay makes sense but of course once the once people of the internet streets i call them have smelled blood they weren't gonna let this go they weren't gonna let this go so what they do is is that they ignore her caution they ignore her her, her doubts about this being the actual killer all they care about is making someone pay and making someone be held accountable for this and so what ends up happening is that they send a barrage of hate comments and death threats his way for what he had allegedly done and i can only assume that this must have been unbearable for someone who even for someone in a normal state of mind this must have been really unbearable to be just bombarded with this hate like you can imagine how much hate he was getting for being a supposed cat killer um and in the meantime a bunch of sock puppet accounts start to pop up sock puppet accounts are basically just fake accounts of like very fake genetic names that people open like randomly just to post fake pictures or whatever it's just like a fake account basically and so a bunch of them start to pop up one of which is named both john smith and this john smith has a profile picture of the same guy in the original one boy two kittens video how interesting by the way oh no goodness this is such a an omission on my part i feel like i should clarify this but in the original one boy two kittens video his face is not seen it's covered by a hoodie and his hair that's why they're trying to figure out who the real person is because they couldn't see his face at all it was quite obscured and it was unidentifiable even if you pause it at whatever angle you can't really see his face only the bottom half which is his lips and his chin um sorry about that i should have mentioned that earlier and so this john smith account has the same profile picture as the guy in the original one boy two kittens video and the picture is of the guy in the green hoodie holding up the, the kittens with his face actually faced towards the camera this time but the thing is he has his face like blurred out in like pixels so you can't actually see his face you can only see the shape and the different colors but everything else is pixelated um so Deanna suspects that this is obviously the man who wants to be found. This is everything up until this point suggests that this is someone who wants to be found, okay? And it's almost like he's taunting them at this point. A few days later, another YouTube sock puppet account pops up showing the boy in the original video. This is disgusting playing with the dead bodies of the kittens that he had just murdered and i'm assuming these videos were both recorded on the same day but just posted at different times so at this point he takes out the dead bodies of the kittens from the vacuum sealer bag and he ends up playing with them on camera which is honestly a different type of sick and twisted person it really takes a different type of sick and twisted person to do something like this. Um, it's horrible. So, once again, his face is obscured by his hair and the hoodie in this video as well. And the camera movements are so fast that you can't really see around the room. Until the Anna, and by the way, get this guys. Deanna then decides to dump the entire video into this app that can convert video into photo frames so you can individually look at every single frame and by the way there was about like roughly 10,000 images for that video alone that she had to scour through just to get clues and hints and girl 
all I can say is that you must have really been determined and you must have really wanted to not think about your recent breakup because this takes so much time and effort. And anyway, you stand a dedicated queen. So she goes to like 10,000 friends to find some useful information. Um, <laughs> and I guess she does. Because what ends up happening is, is that she zeroes in on this yellow vacuum that she sees in one of the frames. And because it's obviously an internet forum for everything in this world that you can literally think about, she goes onto this internet forum and she posts a picture of this vacuum cleaner. And then there's these people that are obsessed with vacuums, I suppose, and they can actually narrow down the specific name, brand, and year of production of this vacuum just by looking at it insane insane um and so they identify the vacuum as a k-more canister cleaner which drumroll please is only found in north america okay how interesting how interesting so we have two articles of proof the first one was the blanket that's only distributed in the north america and the second one now is the vacuum cleaner, right? So meanwhile, while Deanna is doing all of this, she goes back onto the Facebook group and she realizes that the original guy that everybody identified as the killer, the Jamesy crams a lot in his ass guy, um, who lives in Namibia, actually ends up killing himself because of all the abuse that he was getting online from people in the group. And it turns out that he had been struggling with depression and I guess this traumatic experience must have been the last straw for him. So not only did they get the wrong guy, this guy actually ends up committing suicide because the abuse that they've been sending towards him. Insane. Insane. And Deanna had warned them. She was like, guys, this is not the correct person. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But did they want to listen? No. So, I mean, this guy had been suffering from depression for a very long time. And I can't understand why he actually confessed to killing the kittens. Maybe it was just the wanting attention thing or wanting to be seen. I have no clue. But at the end, it all got too much for him. He ended up taking his life. How tragic, how unfortunate, something that wasn't necessary that didn't need to happen just because people did not want to listen, right? And and this is an, this is only episode one, guys. All anyway, let's continue. So someone in the group, once again a sock puppet account, a fake account messages and says they have the suspect for who the actual killer is and they implicate this man okay so now another sock, sock puppet account in the group is actually implicating someone else to be the actual killer and they actually give a name and this person that they implicate goes by the name of luca rocco magnota okay which i will here to refer to and only be referring to him as cloud chaser or cc for short because Quite frankly, that is all that this man is. A dictionary definition of a cloud chaser. So, as you do, they end up googling this cloud chaser and they find tons of online information about him. Pictures, accounts, videos, certain auditions that he did for different modeling agencies. All things that would suggest that he is a big Canadian celebrity, which is odd since no one has ever heard of him. Let me. <laughs> oh my god! Like literally nobody. This is the meme. Nobody. Nobody at all. Um, they also find this one video interview he was doing like three years prior to the kitten killing, so like in 2007 in relation to one serial killer, Carla Homolka, which by the way is a very notorious Canadian serial killer I've, I've come to find. So the more you know then. And in this interview that he's doing with this interviewer, he was telling the person that um, he's so sick and 
of people on the internet associating him with Kala Hamalka and insinuating that they were in a romantic relationship when there was nothing of the sort. Um, and he's basically just crying his fake tattooed tears that people have ruined his career, <clears throat> of which up until up until here too there was none, um, and all these opportunities of which there were none, because people on the internet and I'm using gigantic quotation marks were associating with the, associating him and linking him romantically with the serial killer Carla Homolka. Somebody lied to her several times and told her that she was fly, hot, and sexy and beautiful, and she's nothing like that. She's nothing of the sort. The cloud chasery. I can smell it. I could smell it through the screen. I could. And just looking at him in that interview and all the other interviews that, that show that pop up of him on the screen, he just gives off like this icky persona, like there's something so Lord Farquaad about him. If I ever met this person in real life, I definitely think my spidey senses would be tingling. I'd be like, you do not seem like a person I want to spend any extended period of time of. Like, you're so vain, so self-absorbed, but with none of the evidence to back that up. Like, you can't have the self-confidence of a, let's say, um, Shannon Tatum, Zac Efron, when you are here looking like the protege of Lord Farquaad. Like, you just can't. I don't know. Anyway, so this cloud chaser is crying all these tattoo tears about these fan accounts spreading these rumors about him and I just have to laugh I have to laugh so hard because the delusion the actual delusion that one has to be in it turns out that these fan accounts were created by none other than himself obviously of course what more could you expect from such an attention hall so this cloud chaser created fake fan accounts of himself because who it doesn't it, it makes sense right because how would a person who nobody's ever heard of have fan accounts like in order to have fans you actually have to have people who know who you are <laughs> I'm sorry. so obviously he was the only one <laughs> spreading rumors about himself to get himself on an interview for more exposure, linking himself to a serial killer. Like, the delusion. <sighs> anyway, so, John, remember John? We were introduced to him earlier on. He was also going to be one of the pivotal members of the series, remember? So John then does some super super sleuthing about this cloud chaser and he finds the EFIX data of his uploaded pictures, which by the way, creepy, I'm sorry, like in this context, this was a good thing that they could use this information, but do you guys know that people can find out where you are and where you live just from the information data of your pictures, like no matter where you upload a picture from, they can grab the information logistics of your picture. It's called the EFIX. And they can find out where you were at the time of uploading that picture. That's so wild to me. Like, that is so wild to me. Like, I had no clue. And it's so creepy that people can do that. So, PSA, guys. Be safe. Um, get those apps that can hide your VPN or something like that. So... When you are at home and you upload pictures, people don't know where you're uploading it from because in this case, this information was used for a good reason, but you never know like for what nefarious reason some evil people out there can be using it to find you and find where you are. It's like, it's just so weird. We live most of our lives online and not really thinking about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And we just, because it's like the norm now, everybody does it, but it's, Personal safety is just so important. So just, this was just some definite food for thought. But anyway, this John guy ends up finding the EFIX data of his uploaded pictures. Because remember, there's so many pictures of his narcissistic self that he uploaded. Low quality pictures. Um, and the information suggests 
that he actually lives in excuse me if i'm butchering this etobicoke canada is it etobicoke or etobicoke or etobicoke canada not sure but i tried hmm. then from the picture he he uploaded on his apartment balcony so cloud chaser uploaded a picture of himself half naked on his apartment uh, balcony john is able to take that picture and in the background of the picture, it actually shows one of the gas station in Canada that goes by the name of uh, Petro-Canada. Yeah, a Petro-Canada in Canada, in Etobicoke. So this dude, my dude John, literally goes and looks for every single Petro-Canada in Etobicoke. He finds about six. And then he goes using Google Maps Street View down every single street where there's a Petro Canada to find the building resembling that of which the cloud chaser was in on the balcony when he was taking that picture. And lo and behold, he actually finds his apartment building. Insane. Like what level of FBI super student is this? Like, Put these two, Deanna and John, put them two on any case, cold cases, please, because they have so much more incentive and self-determination to figure things out than I've seen in a lot of real-life detective work, especially where I live, but that's a story for another day. And so he finds the actual apartment building and then they they try to contact the police department in Etobicoke and they're like, look, we have reasons to believe that this is a suspected like weirdo that's killing animals online and we have reasons to believe it's him, like we want you guys to go to his apartment and like do something. I don't know what they expected him to do, but like oddly enough, the Canadian police are actually compliant. They go to the apartment. I mean, it, it still takes them a while for them to actually do something, but they eventually do. They go to his, to Cloud Chase's apartment, and his apartment is, of course, of course his apartment is empty. Of course it's empty. Like, it just had to be, right? For the purpose of the story, his apartment had to be empty. And one of his neighbors, the police talked to one of his neighbors, and his neighbor is like, oh, yeah, um, Cloud Chaser actually left. He left about, like, a month ago. He told me he was moving to Russia. Shock. Shock, horror, shock, horror, shock, horror. So, apparently Cloud Chaser had moved to Russia. So what can they do now? There's, at this point, there's nothing that they can do because... All this time they've been looking for this person, they've also been trying to gain jurisdiction because they didn't know in what country this crime had been committed. And I believe it if, because it was actually supposedly committed in Canada, it would have been much easier to get some sort of action to be done. So if they had actually found him in Canada, maybe something could have been done if people had taken this seriously. But now he's gone. He's not even in Canada anymore. He's like, he could be anywhere in the world. And apparently he's in Russia. Like, what could they do? Like, legitimately, what? Like, get the Russian police to arrest him? No. I'm sure the Russian police have other things to do. I don't know. Anyway. So, after John found his apartment and the police went to go check out his apartment in Canada, a few months has passed from that from the events of that date. Um... And nothing was really happening. Like the group members on the on the Facebook group were actually growing like, you know, weary because and losing interest because nothing was happening. A long time, a, a period of time had passed, and you know, life goes on. But that's until a new video was uploaded, right? That was until a new video was uploaded, and. It makes me sick to actually talk about this, but I, I have to get through it for the sake of this podcast, okay? This video that's been uploaded 
is essentially showing the same guy which we believe to be Cloud Chaser has a cat duct taped, his, a cat's whole body duct taped to the end of a broom or mop and they are in a bathroom and the bathtub is full of water and the poor cat looks terrified and we as viewers don't get to see this but we because they edited out but we get to hear the faucet running and we get Deanna's description of what's going on and the first video was disgusting but this one was almost unfathomable he lowers the cat who is bound cannot move defenses and you can see in his eyes because the cat is facing the camera you can see it in his eyes that he's terrified and what happens later we are told is that he lowers the cat into the tub essentially drowning the cat and he has the nerve to to name this this video bath time lol disgusting that's all i have to say disgusting and so later on in the same day another video is uploaded by this pup sock puppet account this video is called python christmas and this video shows a sick twisted man essentially feeding a live kitten to a python he's first on the bed playing with the python um acting all lovey-dovey i'm sorry not playing with the python playing with the kitten acting all lovey-dovey and then we cut to the kitten standing up perking up and looking as as if it had almost seen something in the corner of the room and we as viewers don't exactly know what it is to begin with but then we realize that the kitten had actually seen a python and the last image that we see is like the python strikes at the kitten but it misses and then it it, it cuts off and again diana is the one that narrates the video and she tells us basically the python does what pythons do when the python ate the kitten it was just disgusting um, and the name, the new name of the new Sock Puppet account who uploaded these two videos was called Leslie and Downey. Okay, weird. So I had no idea about this, but I'm sure some of you crime junkies, this rings a bell to you because apparently Leslie and Downey was a victim of a very famous serial killer. Um, serial killing couple who murdered five children in the Morse murders that was a popular case um, back in the day and I'm assuming that Cloud Chaser got his idea for the bath murder from the Morse murders because um, apparently that's how the mother of the pair of serial killers killed Leslie Ann and so Clearly, this disgusting fungus on the face of humanity has some sort of fascination with serial killers. And he's acting out his fantasies on poor defenseless animals. I honestly... <sighs> that was a lot to take in. Like, I'm actually really going through all of the emotions I felt when watching it now that I'm speaking about it and I watched the series quite a while ago um just going through my notes again it's just getting me all worked up once again um, and because the python video video got a lot of traction and people in the group were claiming it was Luca so basically what had happened was is that this 
two videos that just reignited the collective outrage, okay, of people in the group, but actually worldwide, because from what I can tell, the Python video actually got a lot of traction and probably even landed up on the news or something like that. And everybody was pointing fingers at this cloud chaser guy. And so a journalist in England had actually gotten word that Cloud Chaser was actually in England. I wonder who gave him the tip off. I, wa- I, w- I wonder who gave him the tip off that Cloud Chaser was in England. Hmm? Who could it have been? Who knows the whereabouts of this non-celebrity but himself? Anyway, so this English journalist gets a tip off that he's in England, in one's living in an inn, and um, he goes to interview him because obviously now this man is like, quote-unquote, training, before training was a thing, I suppose. Um, so he goes to interview him, um, and he asks him questions like, are you the person in this video? Did you commit these heinous acts? And Cloud Trace is like, no, no, I didn't. Um, and he chalked everything up to, um, to Photoshop. He said he has all of these accounts that are spreading rumors about him, that are telling lies about him and using Photoshop. So you, sir, sir, you wish you were that famous for people to actually care like that. For people to actually spread rumors about you and Photoshop fake images about you and spend that amount of time, you actually have to be someone worth note a little bit. Like, you can't be a literal nobody and expect that lie to hold some weight in the court of public opinion. So, anyway, he's basically denying everything and the journalist is like, oh, well, I'm not getting anywhere with this guy. So, he just leaves um, and gives up on that. Shortly thereafter, shortly after that interview, the journalist receives an email from an account named John Kilbride who also happens to be one of the victims of the Moors murders, saying very insidious things about how, when he returns to make his next movie, the victims will no longer be small animals but humans. So basically, the journalist receives an email from a dead person connected to, once again, a very famous serial killing pair, who's stating that, basically admitting that the person in this email is the kitten killer and he will be taking a little bit of a break hmm. but when he returns uh, he will be killing people instead of animals wow the level of delusion so then we cut to the next scene the next scene john is woken up by a text message saying that the kitten killer has struck again and the person who texted him sent him a link and urged him to watch the video immediately and John is like wait a minute it's the middle of the night what do you mean he struck again and like he's probably thinking it's another animal killing video like the psycho has done it again he's gotten bored he's probably bored with his life as usual um cloud chaser once again chasing cloud but when he sits down at his desk to open the video and he starts watching it he realizes that this video is completely different to any other video that this cloud chaser has posted before because the person on the bed this time or the the being on the bed this time is not a kitten. It's an actual human being. And the video is titled One Guy, One Ice Pick. And it's a murder video. And that's where episode one of Don't Eat With Cats ends off. All this time, you had my curiosity, but now I'm actually intrigued. That was my reaction, at least. Like, I had to watch episode two to figure out if they actually end up catching this son of a gun cloud chaser. Honestly. Um, oh my gosh, guys. I can't believe I've literally been speaking for like an hour. 
my throat is dry but i thoroughly enjoyed the session and look at that now it's actually starting to rain so it's a perfect time to end this podcast i hope you guys enjoyed and if you like this podcast please share it give it a like leave a comment um above all be sweet and stay safe